Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ, I'm the former wrestler, we've got Dave the Ultimate Fan here with us, as we do every week, our producer Joe may, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod, we've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out, and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll also read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, June Hernandez, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your copy today at LanceByChance.com. Oh, it's hot. Oh, Coca. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, fuck, fuck her. I got pissed. She kept talking to me about my mom, and I'd look at her. I mean, I don't want to talk about my mom. Clearly. Mm-hmm fucking gangster she looked at me and she's like that's my grandma too okay (laughs) all right we're going to see coco and i "I don't want to go she's i'll hold your hand when you cry daddy Uh oh man (laughs) and i cried she held my hand oh yeah you know what i mean yeah i can't Fuck, I'm crying now. You said it. I was, dude, I was I so sad as fuck. I cried by myself. That makes me feel bad. I didn't have that hold my hand. I cried the other night. I watched it all by myself. But, but I'm losing good tears. I'm laughing while I'm saying it, right? But uh, you know, fuck you. You son of a bitch. Superman. You son of a bitch. Talk about I, Superman. Uh, <laughs> you bitch. Uh, <laughs> This is my first time. <laughs> oh, that brought it back. You made me cry, you son of a bitch. Everyone's in a gamut of emotions here. Uh, I am all over the place. I told you, I, I, I keep it all in, right? So what we're fucking saying, oh, uh, shit. How do you... I know we're at. I got you. I got okay, you. go ahead. So I started doing comedy because my mom died. And I always wanted to do comedy, and so I started. And then my marriage fell apart, and I got thrown out of my house, and I was sleeping in my car, and I was doing it, like, every day, right? Mm-hmm. And for six weeks straight, I was doing it. And so I decided to do a show. I was going to produce a show to get some donations to fight for my kids. Okay. Wow. And my first show's name was Make Dante Dad Again. Wow. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> so I've been doing my names and my, you get what I mean, from the first fucking show. And this was, yeah. I started comedy in August. I decided to plan a show in October and I did it on Black Friday. Okay. Make Dante dad again. 
real teal jerker, right? The day after Thanksgiving, get people. Uh-huh. So I, this is already how my mind worked before I knew I was going to be a producer, right? And so I put 25 people on the show, five minutes apiece. I slated the show to start with seven minute integrals. So that way, even though they had five minutes, I knew that I'd get a minute off in seven. And guess what? The show ran on time. Nice. <laughs> and all 25 people showed up, and then they'd be like, when am I on? I said, bitch, I said 8.17. It's 8.12. You'll be on in five minutes. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, what time am I on? Bitch, it says 9.47. It's 8.50 right now. We're running on time. You'll be on at 9.47. And they just kind of looked at me, and I was what the fuck's the issue? Mm-hmm. I've got OCD, right? Right, right. I've got anxiety, right? I've Asperger's. So I think I plan everything. I used to have yeah. spreadsheets for my fucking vacations, Right. <laughs> Some things are optional. Not everything's optional on that fucking schedule. You want to come on vacation with me? Better read the fucking spreadsheet. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There's a fucking itinerary. We're supposed yeah. to be the old factory. What the fuck are you doing? Wake up! <laughs> so, I got done with the show and everybody was like, uh, one guy who was helping me, I was like, hey man, I think I want to do this again. And he's like, oh, you can do it again, but not here. Mm. What? Is this my club? And that was the first time I got shut down and found out I was a threat to somebody because they still fucking hate me to this day. The other people were like, you ran a show with 25 people, had no issues, and it ran on time. Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody does that. And I didn't didn't care, didn't know. Right. And so I think you'll understand this one. As a comedian, you hit a wall in your first year or two. Sometimes three. And what I mean by that is when you go from being the new kid to a comedian. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm. Because when you're the new kid and you're not that funny, everybody likes you. Yeah. When you get a little funny and you start turning into a comedian, you find out who don't like you. (laughs) You go to mics and certain people don't want to laugh and you're like, the audience is fucking laughing. Why aren't you guys laughing? Like the (laughs) five people here to see comedy are fucking laughing at me. You guys Mm. are sitting there staring at me like I'm an asshole. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I hit that. I I know. Yeah, that mentality was foreign to me for a little while. I actually found that out like going back to my first job. Like my very first job, I remember like I was working hard and I got a little extra money that gave me a raise. And I remember I made the mistake of telling people like everybody's just going to be so fucking happy for me. Like, hey, guys, I made extra money. Like, why did you make extra money? I'm like, they're like, you got a raise? Yeah, that's how that goes. Hold on, Dave, Dave, I've been here three years longer than you. You work way better. (laughs) I show up early and I do Saturdays and I've got my nose all the way up John's ass over there. You got a raise? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't say all that, but they did give you no, the, that's, that's they gave right. you the yeah. great. Yeah. And you were like, great? Fuck you. Like I heard what you really said. Like I heard that. <laughs> Yeah, there's a big mentality of people who are just like, why not me? Or you know, that mentality. That's just, Bingo. Right. Yeah. No, I was falling into that, right? I was at year I was at month three or four, really wasn't that good. But I was funny. I had I, I I mean, there's a difference between who I am now as a comedian, right, and who I was two years ago. I've got twenty to twenty five minutes of material. I think three or four or five of it is still that original material because it was that good when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Right. But my delivery is better, the way I incorporate around other jokes. Now I had three or four minutes of material, but none of it was together. It was just different shit. Now there's stuff that goes around the stuff I did originally, right? But my my point was is I, I went down to the I hit that wall in December of that year. And I just started to notice everybody was getting shows and you get three to four to five months in or you get some success. 
And the other part I have to re- remind people of is it's not about how much time you've done. It's about how many stages you've done. Mm. What I mean by that is my first six months, I was doing two to three, my, six weeks, I was doing two to three mic- mics every night because I was homeless. There was nothing else to do. And all I, could, I could drive around and do these mics and not eat and not, you know what I mean, <clears throat> keep myself busy and just yeah. do whatever. And then when I started 2019, I was doing more than a mic a day. So they got, I had hit like day 90 and I was like, yeah, mic 100. When you're getting that many at bats and seeing so many different people and, and trying your jokes so many different mm-hmm. times, that'll take you leaps and bounds above the person that says, I've been doing comedy for three years, but I only go to the same spot once right. a, or once a quarter. And so I, I tell people to be careful about judging people off their years if their years aren't getting them at bats. If you played in the majors for 20 years and you only got 17 at bats, are you a home run hitter? No. Yeah. If you played three years and you had 122 home runs, are you a home run hitter? You fuck you are, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Total different thing, right? I think put in perspective for people too, like you can be a big deal in your small hometown. But that doesn't mean it's going to translate everywhere. You need to go out and prove yourself again sometimes. And then you could, be a, you could be a small deal in this huge town and get on the road <laughs> and find out, oh, shit, I'm fucking fun. Fuck these guys, right? That's, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? That's, right, what, right, right. that's what happened to me. I mean, I knew I was good, but I went down to Portland for the first Black Comedy Festival. They're third, but my first Black Comedy Festival in 2020 or 19. And crushed it on my first night, crushed it when I came back. And all these black comics were like, hey, you've been doing comedy for what, like four or five years? And I was like, no, six months. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> yeah, six months. And they're like, fuck, hey, keep doing it. And I came back and was like, I want to do a black comedy show. And this is where it changed. Like, we, this was, the whole idea was like, do you ever start something and find out it's taking you somewhere you weren't going to be? Right, and right. this was the point of this is that so I come back and I'm like I looked at all my young black comedians that were all you know two or three years younger and we're all open micers not really getting no chances and I was like we need to do a fucking black comedy show they were like yeah and I was like we're gonna go get like laughs or the underground or the parlor one of our big clubs and go do it there and I'm gonna ask them and they looked at me and they're like good luck <laughs> <laughs> right and I was like nah nah I got all this gumption we're gonna go fucking do it yeah 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 and they're like sure we're going to go look at some regular places we can do comedy, <laughs> and we'll get you one of those, but you can try the big ones. So I went to Laughs and asked them, and they're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll give you the Thursday before Memorial Day. Yeah. That's not a good day. Oh. <laughs> Thursday before a three-day weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be crap, right? <laughs> Most black people, like we always do, we made chitlins out of, out, of, out of entrails, right? And most of our, <laughs> you get you give me chicken shit, I'm making chicken salad. And I didn't know any better. I got a night at a real club. We had over 100 people show up on a Thursday. They cut me a check for $1,100 that night. Nice. <laughs> you know what that means. Nobody gets to cut a check for $1,100 for one uh, comedy. Are you kidding? No. And this was my first Soup Man show. Dude, I'm interviewing people, tons of comedians. I got paid a beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I got uh, drink tickets, right? Yeah. And then here was the worst part. So then I, I, I had animosity from people. Because then I told everybody. So I went to laughs and I said, hey, I want to do this again. And the fucked up part is like three weeks before the show is, hey, I got some other ideas. And they're like, yeah, you haven't sold any tickets yet. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's a black comedy show. It's good. Black people don't buy shit early. Right. And then I came by the next week. I was like, hey, I want to do the show called Def Con. We've only sold total tickets. Let's see how the show goes. Just shut me down. Mm. And then the night of, we had 58. And then before showing, we had 88. And then we had over 100 people in the room. And they cut me a check for $1,100 without any metrics on why that's what they were paying me. Wow. 
So do you think they paid me enough or just enough to shut me up? Right, right, right. Because on a Thursday, you were so busy that you couldn't keep up? Yeah. You had 120 fucking people on a Thursday? Mm-hmm. And I didn't do $5 tickets. Tickets were $15 pre-sale, 20 at the door. I'm like, You're well, a stat I'm man, too. I don't, <laughs> I don't discount my shit. Again, yeah. I'm the stat guy. All right, all right. <laughs> You're putting this together. <laughs> right? 15 times 80, that's 1,200 right there. And then the mm-hmm. other 40 people got in by 20. That's another 800. So you got two grand Bought at drinks. the door. <laughs> you got two grand at the door. It's two drink minimum. Yeah. <laughs> And it was a two-hour show. Nobody left. It was a two-and-a-half-hour show. Nobody left. Think about that. Nobody yeah. left. And so I went to I went to Columbia City Theater and because they were like, we don't – I mean, maybe we'll do another black show with you. We'll see. And I was insulted. As, we'll see. Uh-huh. You know, I went bragging. And do you know what the people in the comedy scene said? Well, you know Hannibal Burris and Ellen got paid more than that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, li- I can literally remember somebody telling me that shit. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, you're comparing me to the... I, I-, I appreciate right. these fucking comparisons. <laughs> that's how you're going to knock my dick in the dirt. <laughs> Fuck you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had this idea for doing a deaf show. Yes. Comedy for deaf people. I was going to ask you that because I love the name, Deaf Comedy. And I'm, uh, I'm yeah. deaf in my left ear. I had my, ear- my stapes removed, right? Or replaced. So I'm partial deaf, right? That's so I don't hear everything. And if you notice, I mumble a little bit, and I don't enunciate the best because I people say I say soup man, and I say suit man. But it's soup man and suit man sound the same out of my mouth because I don't enunciate enough. So if I said suit man, you'd get it. But since I say suit man, everybody thinks, oh, it's so a suit man. There's no suit man. They're like suit man. It's suit man. They both sound the same. I hear it now. But to me, I'm saying something totally fucking different. <laughs> so I digress. So I emailed them and I was like, hey, I got this show I want to do. I want to do the show called Deaf Comedy Jam. And then I've got my show Dark Brew. And then I want to do this mom show. And I've got a couple other ideas if you'd give me a chance to talk. And they literally emailed back. We're like, you want to do a show for deaf people? Mm, yeah. fuck? In my 19 years of entertainment, nobody's ever emailed me on that. We got to talk. <laughs> and I came in and told them about Deaf Comedy Jam. And I was like, yeah, I do Dark Brew and want to do these things. He's, All right. And then he, we're sitting upstairs, and I'm looking at the calendar and the computer with him. It's like, okay, can I get that date? And then can I get that? And he looked at me and goes, you know, I probably shouldn't be so showing you the actual calendar. Can you look that way? But I'll give you those dates. And I, we had 65 people at the first Deaf Comedy Jam, 45 nice. of which identified as deaf because you got a cheaper ticket if you were deaf. I charged deaf people less to go to the show. Hmm. And the, I paid for cart captioning, and I, I didn't make that much money off of it. I think by the time it was done, I made like couple hundred dollars right but i paid three hundred dollars for the asl interpreters i paid two hundred dollars for the cart captioning you you can see a picture where there's the guy doing the the joke there's the woman signing next to him and you can see the the joke on the screen like it was then you got two jokes laughs for one as a comedian which was huge and then there was this deaf guy whose laugh was "Ah, ah, ah." so after about the third comedian i went up there and i was like who's the one who keeps going "Ah, ah, ah." And he raised his hand. I was like, I got to charge you more, dude. You're laughing on every joke. You're getting more than your money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was just awesome. Like, I'm getting chills again. When you walked in pre-show, it was dead quiet. Mm. And you thought it was empty because you'd never run on deaf people. The pizzeria next door gave me pizza every time I did a show because they did $2,500 in business that day. 
Uh, wow. Usually on uh, the day it was, it was I think it was the Sunday. It was the first sun, the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, right? Usually on a Sunday they did like eight hundred. Mm. And then I had warned them, deaf people wow. are coming in. Deaf people are coming in, you know. They're and so people they'd be like, "Hi," and they scribble on their notepad, "I'm deaf," and they were like, "Oh fuck!" And then when you do a deaf show, you can see the impact because they're not used to getting deaf customers. Yeah. And so it and then. <clears throat> That like I get tears. Everybody gets, in, but, but this is what I do. This is what all the shows I do are about: is is mm. is representation and bringing out a group that you're not seeing. Mm. And I've just taken that and doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down on it every yeah. time I do a new show. My newest show that's not even on my website yet, but I've got the lineup for it. It's called the SSI Show. It's the Social Security Influencers. Ooh. Yeah, a whole bunch of senior citizens doing comedy. <laughs> That's what they are, right? They're social security influencers. I love right? it. <laughs> right? But it's a whole bunch of old people. It'll be, on, it'll be about noon, right? On a Friday. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Early bird special. <laughs> right? Right before nap time. Right? Right, <laughs> right before supper. <laughs> right, I'm an asshole for some of this shit, but there's so much truth in it. Like I, We decided to do autastic artists, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the autistic is the combination of autistic and fantastic, right? Yeah. And here's the shitty part is I didn't know I was Asperger's till about seven months ago. Okay. Wow. I'm self-diagnosed, but I've always known I was weird. I was always in a special classroom. I was always in, you know what I mean, something, right? And what I mean by that is I, I, I started off in kindergarten, and then they put me in first grade. And then for first grade, I went to second grade. And all of first and second grade, I was in a special room with my aunt, who was a teacher there, and two other Asian kids. And we were doing cursive and fractions as kindergartners and first graders. Mm. Then they sent me to the IPP school, right? And I, I was in a portable part of the day. And when I got to a point where I was too big and fighting, I'd go to a portable not because I was uh, in trouble or because my grades were bad, but because I was bored. Now, I didn't know that as a kid that that meant I was Asperger's and I was poor and my mom was alcoholic and shit was bad, right? right? And then by the time I got old enough to get into school, you get to middle school. I was taking algebra in seventh grade. And I wasn't taking it in seventh grade the first time. I think that was the third or fourth time I'd taken algebra because I'd been mm. taking algebra all elementary school. <laughs> I can tell you what 3x plus 4 equals 13 and what x is since i was a kid it just made sense to me some of these things the patterns i can see where you wouldn't have got along with some of your teachers though because like you're self-assured and you're such a stack guy and you know these numbers and everything it's like you're gonna rub people the wrong way obviously at times but it's 40, not intentionally 45 it's 45 it's 45 right. it's 45 somebody <laughs> listen to me and said it's 45 <laughs> <laughs> and then i've been 511 since i was 11 years old hmm I used to scare teachers. But I, I've had security called on me just for getting mad as a kid. One five nine and 140 pounds at nine years old. Like, uh, I fuck up a teacher if I get mad, but I uh, wouldn't. You know what I mean? Right. But my whole life, I knew these things. And so my friend asked me, it was weird because my mind is, uh, I'm good at problem solving. I'm a stats guy, I'm also an engineer, engineer mind. So I deconstruct things. So if you give me an idea, I'll break it down. So I love problem solving. So if you tell me you want to do a show, great, cool. When do you want to do it? What time? What are you thinking? What's your budget? What's your parameters? 
You answer those five questions, and I'll give you the whole show theme and what we're doing and who we're doing it with. And how, and I'll look at me. How the fuck did you do that? I'm a fucking computer. <laughs> it works that way. I just need my five inputs. Run it through an equation. Here's your answer, right? And so we talked about doing the show. She said, I want to do something with autistic people. And she said, we're going to do a Zoom to talk about us. Okay. Well, what are we going to talk about the Zoom? Well, what do you want to do? So, okay. I said, well, I already got an idea. Why don't we interview autistic artists? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, won't we interview like autistic comedians and musicians and all this and talk about their, and she's, oh, fuck, that's a great idea. Hmm. And then we told my local lady about it. She's like, yeah, I'm autistic too. And it's, what? Hmm. And then I talked about, I have radar. People don't like that term, but we could call it ODAR if you want, or NERDAR, but I've always got along with people who are special. Yeah. Because I'm special. And I didn't know it, right? But I've always been able to look around and be like, hey, how you doing? And I'm a bully's bully. I've always hung out with the weirdos and the because because of this. And I didn't know what it was. But now looking back, I've been mm-hmm. Asperger's this whole time. I can't right. sit at a table with cool people because I don't fucking understand them. But I look cool. I'm a nerd. I'm a jock, right? So it's like, hey, he fits in. Ah, not really. <laughs> and when we started this show, the friend that was the friend that wanted to do the show went to high school with me. And so we're having this conversation, and she goes, "Yeah, Dante's your Asperger's, right?" Was what? Well, she's like, well, I mean, I've known you since high school. I always thought you were a little off. You didn't know that? Was, oh, no. We're not going to cry again on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and then I, I identify a lot with Sheldon from uh, Big Bang. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Sheldon's fucking Asperger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And hold up. We'll go back to exhibit A. Do we see my shirt? <laughs> Do we see <laughs> Did you see my shirt? I should show you my books. The ties. <laughs> Even my messes are organized. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I piled my clothes in a mess, but they're grouped by what pile is supposed to be put away where. Mm. And so it was one of these things where you just you find these people and you find these voices, and then like with some of the other like mixed and misidentified, the what are you show? We get I usually have like eighteen to twenty different flags on the show because we put the flags of all the nationalities that you're mixed with. Oh, okay. Yeah. And when we did that live in Seattle, you know, you think mixed and misidentified, and you think of me, right? Black, white. That's only mixed. But we got white and Puerto Ricans like you. We got Asian and Asian. And the biggest, we had 100 people at it. I'd say 70% of them were Asian huh? because there's a high multicultural Asian population. They're not all just Japanese. Usually they're right. Japanese and Chinese or Japanese and Korean or Vietnamese and Thai. And so the idea of being mixed and misidentified is a universal idea and one that hasn't been tapped into, right? Right, right, right. And somehow I just keep coming up with all these ideas that for some reason nobody's doing. Like yeah, black- it's like you're going after these good causes, but you're also taking a businessman approach to this as well, too. Like no one's done this. And you're like, let's break it down. How are we going to do this? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Which is oh, normal sorry. to you. Yeah, yeah, it's right. it's marketing. That's demographics, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. But the long term, the long term is, and I talked to somebody about this was when I go to have that conversation about sponsorship or talk to a business. Mm. Why do you want to be a part of Soup Man? Well, let me ask you, Mister Customer, Mister Business Owner, um, where are you spending advertising dollars that show you support um, diverse communities and minorities? And not only that, but you know you're reaching those same communities as well. Wow. <laughs> 
You ain't got nothing. You just said, yeah. wow, sign me up. Here's my so, check. I'm sorry, right? Like, fuck you. Whatever. Take whatever you want. I don't want to get canceled. It sounds awesome. <laughs> and then that's the thing is like, you know, I, I, I'm not a perfect person. I have my indiscretions. I fuck up. But I'm getting better at being a better person, right? So as long as I yes. keep being a better person and working ethically, there's no limit to the people you can work with, right? Yeah. Like, we, I've, I've been doing comedy for three years. Almost no two and a half years producing for mostly two, right? And I've done four donation shows to, to the UGM, right? I've already incorporated into my brand, my product, and my process to do a donation show. So when I blow up, is it going to be hard to do this donation show, or are we just doing Give Love Laugh 15? Mm. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. And those are the things, like, I've talked to people, like, there's so much stuff. Like you said, this was all a conversation about where you start and where you end up. Yeah. I'm, I'm You're making me help. think, bro. That's why I'm like, man. It's got... <laughs> Everybody I talk to, when we have this real conversation about yeah. Superman, like, it's a movement. Like, I'm yeah. trying to think, like, when I went to D.C. and I, 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 I John Ledge, I, I'm recording on fucking this by the White House. And John Legend comes out. And I said, hey, John Legend, check out Superman Comedy. And he goes, Superman comedy? I said, no, suit and tie. Superman comedy. He goes, okay, suit man. I got a 37 clip of that interaction with me and John Legend. You can't pay for that. No, no. And then it was know. a crowd-funded trip. I told everybody I was going to inauguration. I wanted to go, so I raised $600 to get there. That covered my room, my airfare, everything that needed to be there. Right? Now, did I still have to pay for my food, my drinks, my weed? Yeah, I would have done that at home, of course. Right? But I, I raised enough to get there and cover this for people. Right? And then that was only because I was in the middle of the Seattle riots. If you did my YouTube channel, you saw the hectic footage from the Seattle riots. You mm. saw I was in the middle of that fucking shit. And my voice went viral during that because I was the guy yelling at the Seattle police officer to take his knee off his fucking neck when he had his knee on the dude in the orange shirt's neck in Seattle during our George Floyd riots. So my voice already went, you know what I mean? Like people, and the more you're doing, I can talk all day about what I'm trying to do because I have a passion and it's yeah. not about me. I don't. We still haven't talked about how funny I am, right? No, no, dude. I only got like ten more minutes. I gotta tell you, <laughs> that's all right. I was like, he said yeah. we gotta roll up in ten minutes. I told you I'd be back, right? Yeah, we will have you back, man. You got so <laughs> we gotta work out a two-hour schedule next time. God damn, son. <laughs> Maybe just once a month we have the soup man soiree, and I come in, <laughs> we talk some shit. I love but it. This is this is the whole idea: is that my passion is beyond what what is me. Right. And this is good. So when I went to DC and that was where I was going with this, I, I met up with my friend Danny and we were having a good time. And Danny D is a comic out of Sacramento and she's jumped on the Suitman gang and we, we're saying Walrus gang. That's another, you know. And what Suitman really does is I'm a networker and I build all these groups of people that we come together, but they're all under the Suitman umbrella. And so when we all get together, if you get somebody that's sent to you from Suitman, that's family. Whether you fucking know them or not, you know how I treat people, you know how people mm. treat me. So you're going to know that's family. Nobody's done that. I'm trying to take over comedy in a different way. I don't want to... I want you to go get a club and run it yourself and say, hey, Dante, I need some more diverse shows. And I go, great, cool. You're going to run black and proud. You're going to give me 10% of the door and you're going to keep the rest. You're going to pay my logo lady. I've, here's your lineup. Here's your host. And they know what to do. They're going to look at me. Okay. Wow. Why do I need to go out my box? You want to book all black women show? Great. We're sending your soul sister Sundays. Yeah. 
the Soul Sister Sunday, the Soul Sister Showcase, right? I call it Soul Sister Sundays because we do it on Sundays, but it'll be the Soul Sister Showcase, right? And I'll send you six black women, and I'll send one of them's going to host, and you've got the whole lineup, and all you got to do is sell tickets. Perfect. Yeah. You, just, right? you got shows, you got ready made shows for these people. The flyer's already made. Yeah. The, the branding's already out there, right? And I don't have to be there. Mm hmm. And then people know what expectations I have and what I want. And then it's not even about me at this point. It's about selling the idea of getting more of them on stage. Right. And I don't charge them anything. I'm not asking for a booking fee. I give people a ton of bookings without getting a $5, 5 10 15%. But then that's the other part of people. Somebody asked me, why aren't you a manager? I had two or three comics that were like, yeah, whenever you decide to start being a manager, let me know. Hmm. Because I've got the spreadsheets and there's a process yeah. to make a Google form for everything. And so, you know, I talked to my friend and I was like, I really, and she was like, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, I had this talk the other day. It's my mindset has changed when you're, when you're good or you're, you're great at something, you don't always know it. Right. Right. And so like uh, we, we had this matriculation of me growing up as a producer. We've talked about it. Make Dante dad again. I had this great slogan, didn't know it, ran it on time, ran this perfect show and raised 350 bucks. Nobody does that their first show. Right. Then my first real show, it basically sells out. I get $1,100 check and we do black comedy on a Thursday before a three day weekend and fucking crush. Nobody does that. Right. Then you're telling me your first official show where you got a home was Deaf Comedy Jam, where you translated comedy for deaf people? Nobody does that. Right. Then you sold out your next show with 135 people. You sold out your third fucking show at a theater? Again, nobody does that. And then I remember I was complaining to my friend right before COVID hit, right? Because we were shutting down, and uh, it was last February, and I was like, man, I'm only averaging 80 people a show at columbia city theater and man i should be selling out and I'm missing out on 50 people so, <laughs> you know what she said to me she's like bitch there's clubs that don't even hold 80 people what are you <laughs> what are you complaining about poor me <laughs> yeah right and all these things sound like a humble brag but when you're you're not i don't know what i'm doing here right i don't know the limitations i'm treating this like business and it's not so much yeah. i don't know what i'm doing here but i don't know the restrictions i don't know why right. i should have to wait five years to do a sh fuck you i don't want to wait mm -hmm. give me a club give me a lineup let's let's diversify that's the best that's the best, so right. i'm not even doing comedy the 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 traditional way i don't really do three people on a show i usually do a minimum of five to six nobody ever really does more than about 20 or 25 oh. minutes on one of my shows I like it though. Don't even check what other people are doing. Just do your thing, right? And that's what's working. I mean, shit. <laughs> and it's it's been it's been amazing, but that's where it uh it all changed because when you first you're just doing it, right? And then you're you're doing it subconsciously, and then you start doing it on purpose, right? And then now I'm doing it with conviction. Yeah. Right. You're starting to own it. Yeah. And it's it's a you can hear it in the tone of my voice. It's not a cockiness is this is who suit man is what you want right. to talk about what i'm doing i got nine different fucking shows they're all different i'm not fucking bragging it's the truth go read mm -hmm. and a lot of people that'll piss them off but to the right people it's, well fuck dude you've, you've earned that high five <laughs> greatest, <laughs> right? greatest characters they say are extension of oneself it's just you turned up with the dial up a couple notches i've always heard so <laughs> and, the, and you know it's 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 different mm -hmm. like i've had to 
understand I'm going to be on a pedestal. I'm going to be scrutinized. I'm going to get haters. And I have the people. You don't book white guys, huh? No. <laughs> not really. You can go to any club and see white guys. If you're mad at me, Dave, because I'm not giving you stage time, you're a fucking idiot. You don't get it. Right. <laughs> you don't get it. You just don't get it. Like... You could guess what? I won't charge you to come to the shows if you want to support. But no, I'm not putting you on the fucking stage. I'll go to laughs, and you have a better chance of getting on stage at laughs than anybody on this fucking lineup. Why do I need to give you stage time? Right, right. And I, that's the that's the fight I have every day. Mm. And and the more I keep having the fight, the more that means I'm doing it right. Oh yeah. The more that I have these 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 people. Oh my god, fucking suit man. The more that that happens, there's more people that come out and go, yeah, fucking suit, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, the more haters, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, the more haters I get, though, the more people that are like, you know, because it's fuck that guy is totally different than fuck that guy. Dante? On, on emphasis, you know what I mean? Dante, and, uh, I got to wrap this up. So, But anything you want to promote, man, you've been awesome. I, I don't want to, I even hate ending it, but what do you got? Anything you want coming up, just tell us, man. I want to. Okay, so my biggest thing tomorrow, we're doing our show Give Love Laugh. It's a donation show for Union Gospel Mission. My headliner for that show is actually Derek Sheen, which is huge news. He opens for Brian Posehn all the time and goes on tour. Like, he's a phenomenal fucking comic. So to even have him on one of my shows, and then he's like me. His, his, the Union Gospel Mission saved his life. It's a homeless shelter. It's helped him. It's, it, we're not doing tickets. It's live on Facebook. We're posting. Okay. You know, the link to do donations the whole time. I'm not trying to make any money. It's just trying to make people laugh. We'll share that. Awesome. Sunday, we've got Autastic Artist, which is our, we interview an artist. We've got Emma Blue, Emma Roberts. She runs Blue Glasses Girls out of England, right? She also partners with us on our Dating with Disability show. But the biggest thing about that one is she's a coach, a consultant, all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? And it's just, I think the biggest thing about that show is people... Like, I ran into somebody yesterday who talked about it, and they're like, yeah, my nephew just got diagnosed with autism, and his mom's all stressed out. And his, Why? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so he's going to be good in math. He's going to be socially awkward. He's mm-hmm. probably not going to be running around fucking a whole lot of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a manageable child. Oh, right, darn. Right. Yeah. Socially popular. I'm yeah. sorry that hurts your fucking ego as a... As a parent, right? But you know what I mean? you're right with the breakdown of it. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's, <laughs> He's gonna, that's yeah. the funny part about our that that podcast is it usually starts. It's a roller coaster of emotions, like me, because you talk about this anger and frustration that people have before they're diagnosed, because people are just like you're weird, and then when you tell them, oh, you're just autistic. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. Which is a letdown to the average person, but to the person with a disability, now you get treated differently, which is okay, but it's also not okay because autism isn't a big fucking deal. I'm fucking okay. You're the asshole. Right, right. Now so let me know what I'm coming back yeah. on so we can talk about some of this other stuff. Oh, how about uh, social media? Anything you want to Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, go to Suitman, SuitmanComedy.com. I am Suitman Productions on Facebook. I'm also Suitman206 on Instagram. Pretty much you look up Suitman anywhere, you'll find me. Uh, it's the logo with the jerry curl. And if you really want to have fun and you're wondering if this voice sounds familiar, you've probably seen me on some cut videos. We've got about 40 million hits between all their platforms. But yeah, I'm the black Seth Rogen. <laughs> I'm Dante. 
So if you see it, not even you, you're going to fuck. I have seen them somewhere else. <laughs> if you've seen any of those cut videos, there's like eight of them out. There's another three or four of them coming out with me. Um, and you probably see me on cut as well. Just do whatever you can to support minorities and other people. Awesome, man. Dante, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate having you, man. We'll have you back soon because there's a lot we can talk about. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. This was a blast. Awesome. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 